And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And it's great to have you listening in this week. Uh, I thank the Lord for you today. And Lord, we lift your name up on high. The name of the Lord Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you today that we are having breath in our lungs, that our hearts are beating, that we are alive. We are not sick, but we are well. We are not poor, but we are completely free of poverty in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, today that we speak prosperity. We speak as our soul prospers over ourselves, Lord, by your will. We believe that it can happen, and we believe that we are a new creation in you. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new, and all things are of God. And I thank you, Lord, today that this precious creation, these precious souls listening in today, they do not have to accept what they have, but, Lord, that they have the ability to believe what you've already paid for and to be who they are, not a mirror of their surroundings and their circumstances. And so I thank you, Lord, today. We bless you, and we thank you for health and wholeness in all of our bodies from head to toe. We thank you, Lord. We speak life right now in the name of Jesus over everyone listening, their bodies from head to toe, as well as their hearts as well. Lord, heal their hearts as they cast their cares upon you. Lord, and they turn to you, and they acquaint themselves with you, and they familiarize themselves with you and your nature and your character according to your good and unconditional love for us. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So it's not often that we go back into the Old Testament, but I thought it would be good today to to refer to something in the Old Testament in the book of Job, but also to see how much more we can benefit today from the same circumstance that Job was in and what Job was told. Now that we are in Christ, that our, our identity is brand new, and we are no longer children of the devil, we're children of the most holy God that exists, the maker of heaven and earth, the great Jehovah, our Jehovah Jireh, the great Yahweh. Amen. So we thank you, Lord, today for your word, and we bless you. And we pray, Lord, that from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that you, Lord, would grant these folks and these people listening a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of you by having the eyes of their heart flooded with light so that they can know and understand the hope to which you have called them and how rich is your glorious inheritance in the saints. In these precious souls that are listening today, you are set apart ones. Verse 18. Verse 19. And so that they can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of your power in and for them who believe, as demonstrated in the working of your mighty strength. Amen. So we want truth today. We want to understand who we are and we want to be further from the lies and now closer to the truth. Amen. We want to get rid of the wrong understanding, and we want to not lean on our own understanding, as even in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, but we need to learn and lean on the understanding of the Lord. And the understanding of the Lord is written in his word, because his word is God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, according to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. So today, we want to go and look at Job 22. 
the book of Job, chapter 22, from the Amplified Classic edition, that's the AMPC. And the previous chapter in 21, Job was complaining. And in chapter 22, Eliphaz, the Temanite, answers Job. And in verse 21, we see where Eliphaz says to Job, Acquaint now yourself with him, meaning God. Acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. And be at peace. By that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. Now, I believe that this is a principle that still happens and is still possible today. When we seek the Lord, and we do not seek our own gain, but we seek the Lord's will from him and do his will on the earth, and we place him above all of our circumstances, that he is not in the list of things to do, but he is above the entire list and not even on the list, but he's above the list of things to do, that he is integral to our day-to-day life. When we abide in him, when his word abides in us, when we focus on him, when we commit to him our life and make him Lord and nothing else Lord, like sports or phones or addictions or people, then we find that he can direct our paths. According to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You have to trust in the Lord in order to allow him to maneuver your path and your feet on that path. You have to acknowledge him. If you don't acknowledge someone, you're disregarding them. They might be right in front of you. God is with you wherever you go, whether you acknowledge him or not. But if you don't acknowledge someone who's right next to you, it's a very strange situation. And it's awkward because there should be some communication, but yet you're not communicating with someone who's right in front of you or walking with you. And it's possible to walk with the Lord, but have him walk with you, but not really walk with him. Because you can't see him with your naked eyes. We all believe that, well, it's okay to do that. It's not really good to do that because we owe the Lord a debt of gratitude. We owe the Lord appreciation and acknowledgement and and love and a relationship because he, he paid so preciously for us to have this restoration, this reconciliation back with him. So why would we disregard him? Why would we not acknowledge him? And so even in Job 22, verse 21, the very first word out of the version of the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, acquaint. Now, you can have an acquaintance, but then if that acquaintance becomes more friendly and you become closer to that acquaintance, they now become a friend. So even in verse 21, it's not saying become a friend with him because we all should become friends with God. We should treat him as our best friend because he treats us as his friend especially to those who commit their lives to him and spend time with him. And and just as a friend would treat another friend, they would never let them down. They never uh, shut them out of a conversation. They never shut them out of uh, their lives. You know, people share their lives with other friends that they trust. So we can trust the Lord above any other human being. But yet it only goes as far as talking about acquainting in verse 21. So that's a lower threshold than friendship. So Eliphaz here is just telling Job, just acquaint yourself with him. Just acquaint yourself. That, that'll be a start. You're not even acquainting yourself with him right now. That's basically what he's telling Job. So we need to at least, to begin with, acquaint ourselves with the Lord. And then we, as we become 
more intimately familiar with his ways and his love, and we spend time with him and pray to him, and by his prayer language, his Holy Spirit-given language, we are praying his prayers through our vocal cords. You know, we're praying to the Lord. We're praying with the Lord. We're praying his will upon the earth. We're getting to know him more, and we're having conversation in English or whatever your language is there. He understands all languages. He he just wants to be your best friend. He truly wants it to happen, and he wants you to always put him first. He's not going to force you to do it because no one that loves you is going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. But what's good for you, what would be right for you, is to love him and seek him with all of your heart. Give your heart open and allow Jesus in to every single part of your heart. I've heard it say before, if your heart was a house, then let Jesus into all the rooms. Do not close the door in any room and allow Jesus to not have access to that one room. So open the front door to your heart for the Lord Jesus. Keep out evil, but let the Lord in. So verse 21 says, Acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. Now, it says here, agree with God. What an interesting concept. Why would you not want to agree with the one who has the most wisdom? In our daily lives, we hear people say, well, you know, I heard God say this, but, you know, I told him this. And it baffles me because why would you have a conversation with God that sounds like that when you're the one that knows less than he knows and he knows best and he loves you more than you love him? And he created you. You didn't create God. So that baffles me when I hear that. And it may be that the flesh in some of us, it just doesn't want to carry out God's command or God's request. And I can understand if it's uncomfortable, but we need to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. Because he was obedient to the Father. He carried out his Father's will. His will and the Father's will were the same. And we praise you, Jesus, for not bowing to the temptations of the devil in the wilderness, for example. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for not canceling the trip to the cross, the walk to the cross, or the walk to the whipping post. And we thank you, Lord, for your commitment to us, because without which we would surely be staring at an eternal destruction with no option to be rescued and be reconciled and be saved for all eternity in relationship with you, in right relationship with you and the Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, today for your love for us and that while we even sinned against you, you died for us. You not only loved us, you died for us. And we bless you today. So agree with God, as verse 21 says, and show yourself to be conformed to his will. So how do we show ourselves to be conformed to God's will? We just do what he says in front of others, not to show off, uh, not to be egotistical to others. We don't point out to others that we're doing a specific thing to show them that we are godly. We just do godly things. We go about our day and do righteousness acts. We love on others as we would want them to be loving us. Um, We do unto others, and we love the Lord thy God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we do that, then our character and our nature will bear the signs of righteousness by the love of Christ that's pouring out from our hearts to the people in front of us. So we need to be conformed to his will, to be doing what he said, to be preaching the gospel, to be telling people about the good news to the ends of the earth. If you're wondering which country to go to, unless God tells you something specific, you can pick a country and go to it and use wisdom, of course. But God told us 
go into all the world. He told his disciples, Jesus told his disciples, the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16. So if God said go, then we should not wait. We should not be waiting on God because he's waiting on us. The Bible never says wait, wait now, everyone, until you hear a loud voice from heaven. He said go. The only time Jesus said wait was to his disciples when they had to wait in the book of Acts chapter 2 for the Holy Spirit to be sent down from heaven to earth. And then they started speaking in tongues, unknown languages, but they could all understand each other. Now we don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is still here since the book of Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has not left or departed yet. Amen. There is still work to be done. There is still a harvest on the earth. The harvest has not been completed. The harvest is still available. And we are the workers that are few, but now we need to encourage others to join the few. It's more people on the team. So verse 21, Eliphaz the Temanite is is answering Job and it's telling Job to acquaint himself with God. So we need to make sure that we acquaint ourselves with the Lord. And the result of that, it says, is by that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. So all I can say is that if you do not believe great good has come to you, if you're still in a dire situation, then just seek God all the more. You might be saying, well, I spend half an hour every morning and half an hour every night. I'm on my knees to the Lord. Well, increase the half an hour. You're not trying to twist God's arm to force over some money or force over some provision. He doesn't need you to beg him for stuff. He just wants you to make him Lord and to commit to him and to trust in him with all of your heart. No matter what the situation looks like, he will continue to bring you life and bring you what you need. Just trust in him and he will use every way he can that's available to him, which often is he's looking for a believer in your local town, a believer who will actually come over and help you. But sometimes there is not a believer in your immediate local vicinity that also clearly understands the voice of the Lord in their heart. And even if they do, will they come and be obedient to the voice of the Lord and come over to you and help you? So it's not that the Lord is not helping us. It's that we need, as as a body of Christ, we need to be susceptible and discerning by the Holy Spirit of the direction that God wants us to go and to go and help people to be led. Don't wait for that leading to help people. We should be going about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is always with us, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. But in the meantime, we may be led on occasion specifically to tell someone something or give something to someone to help them. In this scenario, God may be trying to get someone to you. He just can't find anyone because everyone in the local area to you may not be born again. And of those who are born again, they may not be cognizant of the voice of the Lord. And even those who do hear the voice of the Lord, we have to pray that they would be obedient to the voice of the Lord and actually carry out his will so that they are conforming to his will. Do you see the eyes of the Lord? roam to and fro upon the earth, looking, seeking, and searching for someone in whom he can show himself great and strong. 
So, if the eyes of the Lord are always searching for someone, that means that's not an abundance of people that say, Hey Lord, send me. Now we know that there was in the word that one example when the prophet said, Send me. But there's not an abundance, unfortunately, of people that are willing to be sent of the Lord, of the body of Christ. And we need to change that. Brothers and sisters, we need to be obedient to the Lord and carry out his will. You may say, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, a an apostle. I'm not one of those. So therefore, why would I be used of the Lord in this manner? If you are a believer, you are a minister of the gospel. If you are a believer, then you are just as one of the disciples on the day when Jesus told his disciples after he came back and he said, go into all the world. These signs shall follow those who believe. And those signs included laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, all the things that he told his disciples to do. And he told them to teach everybody else what he taught them right at the end of Matthew 28. So we need to be obedient. We need to be doing God's will. And if you are in a situation where you are in lack, you're in trouble, and God is busy trying to find someone in whom he can show himself strong through to get to you. So just because you haven't got what you need doesn't mean that God hasn't been busy trying to get someone to you. So Job 22, verse 22. If Eliphaz is continuing to answer Job, receive, I pray you, the law and instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. So this means that we are to read the word of God and believe what it says, and believe that that came from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the writers. See, God is the writer of his word. That's his word, therefore he authored it. He just had to get someone to write it down on paper or scrolls, and he had to use the Holy Spirit to dictate those words in those obedient believers, those obedient men and women of God, to write down and what became the written word of God. Amen? And so... This is what we have to believe in. This is what God believes. And therefore, why wouldn't we want to believe something God believes? So if God says something about you, then what you need to do is read that and say, well, if God says that about me, and he was the one that created my arms, my brain, my organs, my heart, my soul, he created everything that is me. Why would I disagree with what he says about me now that he has created me? So if he says that you can do all things through him who strengthens you. So the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ, which means we can only do all things through Christ, not on our own accord, not our own strength. Well, that means that we can do that thing. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we are strengthened in order to be able to do all things because the Lord knows that we need to be continually strengthened to carry out some of the things that he needs us to do on the earth whether it's helping someone, preaching his word, traveling far distances, withstanding persecution, we need to be strengthened. And that can be supernaturally available to us as we trust in the Lord, we trust in Christ Jesus and his finished works because everything has been paid for. We just have to engage with what God wants us to do and what has been paid for will manifest in our lives and we'll be able to carry out and be obedient Because God will not give us something to do without the means and the resources to do it. So that doesn't mean that we should wait for the resources to be able to make a decision. No, that's quite different. If you are planning a trip to go abroad 
to preach the gospel to another faraway place. Do not wait to start planning. You should plan right away, and you should trust the Lord for the resources, the finances, and everything else as you plan. And you will soon find out if God is actually wanting you to go to that place, because it will either be relatively easy to plan, or it will be inundated with absolute nonstop problems. Sometimes we have challenges, and we need to work through those challenges. Amen? And we need to continue to persist because we believe this is God's will for us to go to this particular place. But at other times, you just feel in your spirit, you just feel inside of you that you really shouldn't be going to this place. And you need to listen to your heart. You need to listen to where the Holy Spirit speaks to you, which is in your heart. Most of the time, it's in your heart. And sometimes, very rarely, you might experience the audible voice of God. So verse 22, receive, I pray you, the law and instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. So make sure that your heart, that house that we talked about earlier, has rooms that are full of God's word. And there is not Facebook in three rooms and other distractions in all the other rooms. We need to clean out those rooms of all distractions in our lives, and we need to fill those rooms with his word so that whatever part of your heart you're operating from, you are operating from the word of God and you are disciplined. You're a disciple, you are disciplined, and you are wanting to do God's will. You know his will, you know his character because you read about him in his word and you read about yourself about what he said about you. So now you can be confident that when you are walking about and you're doing good, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of the most high God, and he's with you. The power of the creator of the universe, the power that went into creating the universe, that power of the Lord comes from within you. And that same power, that same power of the Lord, that same almighty power, that creative power, that resurrection power, that reconciliation-related power is in you and can be used because out of your belly shall flow rivers, plural, rivers of living waters, to lay hands on the sick, to help people in desperate situations. You can decree and declare a thing. And let me just skip all the way down to verse 28 because it says, you shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. That says, you shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. So now that we are in Christ, how much more when we speak and decree and declare a thing that lines up with God's will and his word over a situation, how much more do you believe that that will come to pass? Because Job was complaining Job wasn't born again. Jesus hadn't yet come. So Job wasn't even born again. But yet, Elipaz, his faith said that even Job, Job, an unborn again, yet to be born again individual, can decree a thing and it shall be established for him. So how much more now today with Christ living in us that Job didn't have, that being born again, being saved, being seated in heavenly places above all evil, which Job didn't have the benefit of. Job wasn't seated in heavenly places, but we are today in Christ, and Christ is in heaven, sitting next to the Father, and we are in him. We are in Christ. So how much more can we get done today by our position in heaven, positionally looking down upon the earth? Yes, we are physically here, but we are also there. 
Just believe that that to be the case. We can decree and declare a thing from heaven and speak to the situation on the earth. We can decree and declare a thing over a person's body. You are healed right now. Cancer, be gone in Jesus' name. Your words are powerful, and especially when they become the word of God, because the word of God, in according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breadth of life and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of your nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. You see how powerful the word of God is. So when we decree and declare the word of God as born-again believers in heavenly places in Christ, but speaking over situations upon the earth, so that thy will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven, you will be able to see even greater miracles and greater things than Job was ever able to decree and declare. Because Job didn't have what we have today, and we need to use what we have today. Do not let the blood of Jesus be in vain. Do not let your position in heaven, in Christ, be in vain. Do not just use your position in Christ for the day that you breathe your last, and make sure that you get to heaven. There is so much more that you need to use Jesus' blood for upon this earth and your position in heaven so that as you walk this earth, you can carry out his will and not our own and really make a difference, make a dent in this sorry world, in this world that is evil everywhere, tragedy everywhere. But you are the light and you can make a difference if you so shall decide to make time in your day to make sure that wherever you go, you are carrying Jesus with you and letting that light so shine upon men. We will talk more about these verses next week. There is much depth to the Word of God. I plan to read the whole of chapter 22 today, and as you can see, there is so much meat in the Word of God. It is so sharp. It is so rich that it could take many weeks. Our prayer request mailbox is touchofgodradio at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at touchofgodradio. Have a blessed week. Amen.